From lifestyle, fitness, beauty, travel, relationships, and self-care, Steph's got you covered. Welcome to your safe space, where you can stop what you're doing, relax, and let someone else do the heavy lifting for once. This is the Luxury Dropout Podcast with your host, Stephanie Joplin. dropouts. It's Stephanie Joplin here for the Luxury Dropout Podcast. I hope you're having a great day today and you need to get ready because my next guest, Bonnie Taylor from Boston, Massachusetts is on board with us today to spill some tea, some extremely hot tea about yours truly back in the day in college and thereafter, and also tell us about her job as a VP for talent management for a big agency and what it takes to be a strong creator, a strong brand, the strategies and tools that you need to use to stand out from the crowd. So grab a snack, grab a drink, and maybe as Bonnie would advise, a shot of Jaeger, because we are about to embark on an interview with Bonnie Taylor. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Luxury Dropout Podcast with me, Stephanie Joplin. Today, I have a longtime friend joining me from Boston. Her name is Bonnie Taylor. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. I think it's been, how long have we known each other? It's got to be 15 at least, more maybe. I think it's more. Yeah. What year did you start? You know me? 2002. So it's got to be more. It's, it's, yeah, I don't do math, so I'm not sure, but somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. So Bonnie and I met um, at UNLV. She was what they call in Greek life a rokai, which essentially is someone who guides you through the initiation process of recruitment process. Yes, whatever. Recruitment. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to explain it in layman's terms, but yes, recruitment process of picking a sorority. And so I didn't know what sorority she was in, right? So I was going through, she and I bonded really well. And I was like trying to figure out what sorority she was in so I could like pick that sorority. And I guessed, right. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're stuck on me for life. (laughs) Yeah, and we we literally have been stuck with each other for everything um, through thick and thin. But we actually were also roommates. Um, We had a lot of very questionable times together. Um, so I want to tell, I want to tell one story about this cookie cake incident because you were making cookie cakes or decorating them yesterday, right? Today, yesterday. And so, yeah, so I'd broken up with my boyfriend at the time. And so Bonnie was like literally the best friend ever and brought home a cookie cake with my boyfriend's name on it. And it was like a heart, but it was like crossed out. Like his name was crossed out on the cookie cake. And I was like, this is genius. And it immediately made me feel better. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And I think we watched Care Bears that night too. We we did. I, yeah. Um, Care Bears in the living room. Care Bears was, we had taken some hallucinogenics. Um, no, watch. I was first thinking because I went to work the day the hallucinogenics happened and came home. Oh, okay. And there was so, a kiddie pool in the living room. Okay, so you weren't there for like the actual taking of the hallucinogenics? No, I had to work. I was the only responsible one. And I, why, do I, home. why do I feel like you were there? I don't know why I thought you were there. Well, I hallucinated. I hallucinated it. <laughs> I don't even know who we did it with. I was, I honestly, I talk a lot about this on my podcast. I don't know how I'm still alive today because living in Vegas and doing the things that I did and don't like taking, like riding in the cars with complete strangers. Oh yeah. No big like, deal. How We've am I? Ten lives already. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even 40 yet. And I feel like yeah. I, there were days where I was like, I don't think I'm going to get to 40. No, no, for sure not. Yeah. We, I mean, probably shouldn't be alive right now. Let's yeah. Honest. Yeah. We just, we, we drank a lot during those days. Now I don't drink. And now and I'm just like, I think to myself, like, you know, I remember being like sleeping by the toilet, like just in case I needed to barf, like. See, and I never got that bad. Rough. Because I when I knew when it was too much, I would just go to bed. 
So, but I would fall asleep anywhere. Like yeah, I, you would. I mean, a corner. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. But I was like, yeah. I'm done bed. Or we go to Roberto's and oh. like we Jack in the Box. We eat tacos, yep. gross food. Which yes. to this day I call it Jerry Roberto's, and my husband's like, what? Yeah. Hi. Just go with it, Ryan. It's just it's so dirty. Good. And I don't care about health code violations <laughs> at three in the morning when it's absolutely wasted. I mean, I had Jaeger bombs in my wedding. Like, let's talk for real. So, like, well, yeah. Jaeger was our friend in college as well. It's a lot of jungle juice and a lot of Fat Tuesdays visits. And mm-hmm. yeah. Fat Tuesdays with the Everclear gumped inside. Mm-hmm. The cherries that were soaked in Everclear, they were like a quarter. So, oh like, for a dollar, you're hammered. Oh, who can forget also when my friend Adam had that bus thing, whatever it was called, and we went on that. Oh my God, yeah. The pictures from that one, I, they still pop up on my time. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were in rare form. Like, I don't even know what bar. Was it the beach or was it? The beach. I think it, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the beach. Since, I'm sure. No. Yeah, no. Um, I don't even know where we went, but I know we went to the beach and there's 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 photos that i cannot make public like they're question they're very questionable photos but it was fun dresses though so that was the thing i always had to have jeans and have pockets to hold things and you would always be in dresses i would because i would just be too sloppy for the dresses because i had to constantly wear a huge ass handbag to cover up my insecurities like heels heels, always why flip-flops and jeans but why, tell me why that you were so ahead of your time, because now I'm suffering. I would never wear heels. I literally don't wear a handbag ever. If I do, I just like, I either have like a big bag to carry all my work stuff or yeah. I have my wallet and that's it. Um, you want to see my secret? Yeah. Red slot in the back of my phone. <gasps> oh, that's, that's smart. All, this is all I carry. Oh, I that's so smart. That I don't need to. I don't yeah. like never since I got rid of the diaper bags for kids. I don't want to hold things. Yeah. But going out of yep. the same way. Like I just wanted to have what I needed in my pockets and yeah. I hate wearing dresses. I just don't do it. You were way ahead of your time because I got so tired of carrying that handbag. I had it like right here on the crook of my arm, just like oh, wait. every picture you have a bag in your hand. Of course. And because again, I had to cover up my insecurities, uh, you know, like hoping people would see that and not see me and, you know, maybe like not see my boobs or my body or whatever it was that I was trying to cover up at the time, which I was totally fine. You were more than fine. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, you do your makeup better than anybody from day one. And I was oh, like, oh, you. makeup is always flawless. So that's the one thing where I was like, mm kind of a hot mess like I had to start going to a makeup artist when I was working in nightlife and I'm like once a week fix me girl and she oh, did my wow. wedding too um but yeah I'm like you always like I remember stuff you go in your room and you're like, here's the whole collection and I was the like setup process for getting ready yeah and now I don't do that I mean it's crazy it's opposite now but I really loved putting on makeup and I remember we went we had a I think it was semi-formal or formal or something like that. It was at that Bali high. And I I had this picture of me and my ex Ryan. And like, I was wearing blue eyeshadow, like around like here and around the top of the rim too. I was like, damn, I really was committed there. That's something. Yeah. I, to one of the formals wore a dress made out of denim. And I You did. You pulled a Britney. I totally did. Like, screw Brittany and Justin. Like, I had the denim gown with a rhinestone belt. And I was like, and I found denim flip-flops to match because it's just me. What are you going to say? I always loved hanging out with you because it was so chill. Like, there was no, like, let's, you know, it was just you just like were go with the flow type of person. And you definitely had a plan. But it wasn't so structured where I was stressed out. And I'm always stressed out, like constantly stressed. And so you kind of make me feel like a little bit more chill. So I always loved when we went to parties together. Like if you picked me up, like in your Jeep, uh-huh. like that was, those are the days because um, I just remember being like, okay, I'm, I'm in safe hands because I'm, I'm with Bonnie. So yeah, I feel like my mom instincts kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always just been that. I think it's, you know, we and I, we always bonded over this, that I don't always have a lot of girlfriends in my life. Mm-hmm. And everybody in our sorority, I think, was used to having friends that were guys. So yeah. none of us were into the drama. 
like we just didn't want that that just wasn't our lifestyle and so i feel like i kept clicking with people that were like me that was like hey listen i don't really have i don't know how to interact with girls like i'd rather watch football and i want to be sitting here and i want to go to a tailgate party but i want to watch the game yeah like, i don't care what i'll look like it's gonna yeah. be hot anyway um but i feel like it was so funny because when drama did happen in a sorority like i shut down immediately and i would just avoid situations you did people will come at me and i'm like i'm not gonna do this i have no desire to be involved if you don't want to be in my life you don't want to be a friend bye i don't need everybody i don't need everybody to like me and i think maybe it's the jersey mentality right like i don't give a fuck but i i kept it through this day like either you're gonna be on my team or you're not gonna be on my team and if you're on my team ride or die you've got me for life well that happened to me with and as you know there was a situation with one girl who really just did not like me and i still to this day don't know why yeah. um but you but when i talked to you about it you were just like i don't know i can't talk about it like at the time but I think it was also like, hey, listen, like everybody's have their own because we had that other situation with somebody with you. And I was like, she is out to get me. And I was like, yes, eh. yes, yes, yes. I remember I'm that. Gonna, like, yeah, I'm not going to deal because yeah. I, just don't, I, I don't like to feed into people's negativity. And I, I, I never have. And I think once there's that and, and still in our, our life these days, like there's days where, you know, I've left jobs because yeah. I was like, negativity, it just weighs on you. And then mm -hmm. it weighs on you. It affects your family. It affects everything. And so, you know, I had a crazy time in high school with my parents splitting my junior high school. And that's why I went to college in Vegas. I was like, I'm getting the heck out of the situation. My family was like, no, you need to stay in Jersey. And I was like, I'm going to Vegas. Like, yeah, I'm going to Florida. Like I'm going to Vegas. So 17 years old, I moved to Vegas. Um, and from there, it was like always, I wanted to just get out of situations. And yeah. I think to this day, you know what? So I've always told you like, hey, if it's not for your higher good, get the hell out. Just, yeah. You know? Yeah, you online. always say, take care of you. Like you always say that. Because mm -hmm. then everything else falls into place. That's so true. I remember when I... um I was still with the the restaurant I was with last year. And I remember when I came back from, you know, the pandemic had just started and I had to come back early from that trip. And I remember breaking down because I was like, I can't go back in that office. I can't do it anymore. And my mom and dad were like, Stephanie, like, don't go back. Like, period. Like you can't, like you're, you're having a fucking mental breakdown and they, they just knew. And it took me a year to basically figure out what exactly I was going to be doing, but that's okay. I mean, here we are, we're on the right track. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, I know. And for me, it's like better done than perfect at first. And you can yeah. perfect it along the way. It's all learning curves. I feel like, you know, yeah. everything, especially with what you're doing now, everything's like social landscape changes every day. Yeah. Like you, you know, I have somebody that's like, let's do a deal with somebody who's huge on TikTok. And I'm like, great. What if they get shadow banned on TikTok? You're paying them this amount of money. And guess what? Nobody's going to see their post because TikTok decides they don't like them that day. That's like, so on the nose. Yeah. Every day you have to be adapting on the fly. And that's why, you know, I kind of feel like my entire life has just been adapting and changing on the fly and moving and grooving and shaking and bobbing and weaving. And eventually we're all going to end up where we're supposed to be. You're like a little chameleon. Yeah. But I don't always necessarily blend it. No, that's true. <laughs> but you have to adapt to your situation yeah. is what I mean. No, I, I definitely have. And it's, it's been really awesome. So um, talking about, you know, so we graduated from UNLV. You always wanted to kind of be like in the PR realm, right? And you, of course, like all the other little PR butterflies worked nightlife um, in, in Vegas. So nightlife on the strip. Let's talk about it. Let's break it yeah. down a little bit. How did you get into it? Let's talk about a little bit about it. So originally I wasn't necessarily going for PR. I actually was going to law school. Um, I oh, went, I forgot about that. Yeah, you yeah, did. I went yeah, for one semester, and then when I came back, that's when we lived together. Yes. Okay. Um, and then I got my master's in public administration, and basically fell into nonprofit world event planning. Yep. And one day, I was talking to one of the venues that I was booking like a charitable gala or something at, and they're like, "Hey, listen, have you ever thought about like trying marketing? Let's you know come here." And I was like, "Hey, I'll try it." So I I ended up being like one of those basically a, a glorified promoter. Um, and then from there worked my way up. This was polyesters at the stratosphere. So started as a promoter and then ended up working on the marketing team and the event sales team. And then 
from there, just kind of networked my way, became one of the first female hosts, um, and which was awesome for me because I yeah. love to hustle, but also I could wear pants every day, and it was super <laughs> awesome for the radio. And then from hosting, um, it became, hey, listen, like you're really creative. Do you want to be on the marketing side of things? So I did like event banquets, marketing, hosting, all of that. Um, finally worked my way up to a venue at the win and worked there on the marketing team. And my boss came to me one day and he goes, listen, I'm firing the PR agency tomorrow. I need you to figure out this PR thing. And I'm like, great. He's like, call the win PR team. You've got the contacts there. Go do it. And I'll never forget. We had Samantha Harris from dancing with the stars at the time coming in for her birthday. So I helped organize, fly her and fly. Everything had the cake made. This is one of like the first celeb cakes of the disco ball, right. uh, the, the trophy and, um, networked my way and landed her picture on the cover of star magazine. And I was like, well, wait a minute, this is just about relationships and talking to people and I can talk to anybody. I yeah. always have a good conversation. Um, so I worked my way through through nightlifes and nightclubs and running the door and running the events and booking celebs and, and constantly moving and shaking. I mean, at one point I had been in between and I crashed my husband's holiday party. He was working at Beso, Um, and I crashed his holiday party, end up chatting with the owners who had no idea, but I had a couple drinks and I'm like, I'm not talking to these people. I'm networking. Um, I walked out with a job offer. <laughs> I crashed his holiday party, got drunk, and walked out with a job offer, which was awesome. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, I worked there basically until we got engaged. And then I was like, listen, I don't want to be on red carpets at 3 a.m. with Playboy Playmates when I'm a mom. No. And, um, then transitioned to a PR agency. Basically, like, got out and, and was there up until we moved to Massachusetts. So working yeah. in nightlife, I'll say, um, the, the one thing I, I will never, ever forget, you can tell a person by their shoes and their watch. That was the one thing they always told us. Okay. Okay. People look at slobs, but they will always know to look for good shoes. Okay. And people will invest in their watches. And I thought that's interesting because how many times were you standing at a club and the guys like we'd be see them like you need you can't wear those shoes in here. Like you need to go run and buy shoes at forum shops or you need to go over here because you can't wear those shoes. And now I'm like people are going in like we're in sneakers to the club now. And they're like, my sneakers cost more than those $12, you know, Walmart dress shoes. Totally. So it doesn't matter. I'm stylish. Um, so it's been funny to see that entire shift because, God, we're going on, what, 2008, 2009 to mm -hmm. now? Yeah. Um, and just seeing that was like, it used to be, we're so strict with the dress code. It has to be this, this, and this. And now it's like, you look cool. Are you comfortable? Like, remember, nobody would, would wear jeans to a nightclub. Well, I remember, like, you couldn't even wear white shoes. Yes, they couldn't look like sneakers or athletic shoes. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like it's gone. All yeah. those rules basically thrown out the window because I think what happened is a lot of the athletes or a lot of the artists are coming in and like, hey, listen, I'm coming here to be comfortable and have a good time, and I'm not comfortable sitting in a in suit. I'm not. It's yeah. Like, you want them to spend money? They got to be in the environment. Totally. So that has I, shifted a lot. You're right. Insane. And and the, like the ropes, I will say, being a girl running the ropes and telling guys no was so much fun. <laughs> like, such a power trip. I'd be like, mm, you're not coming in tonight. Like, and then they'd be like, will you take a hundred dollars? I'm like, I will take a hundred dollars. You're still not coming in. Um, <laughs> um, all the tricks we used to play, like we would hire um, scenery models. This was my favorite one. So the best thing to do is you have a line outside of a venue. Yeah. Scenery models to wait in line. So oh. a group of guys walk by, see beautiful girls waiting to try and get in the club. They're waiting in line. Who knows what's even in there? So what happens? Okay. They go in, we give them, they go to their table with a you know comp bottle on it, have a drink. And guess what? They go outside. They're being paid a couple hundred dollars a night just to wait online. That's so smart. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Happens everywhere. Okay. Sorry, well, I'm like blowing the cover on some stuff now. Um, yeah, <laughs> thought about it. Like, if you were like a twenty-something-year-old guy in Vegas, you walk out, you're like, "Holy crap! These gorgeous girls are waiting in line trying to get in. That's got to be the spot I have to go to." Yeah, absolutely. And, and on the other hand, I like I would never want to wait in line myself personally. Well, I mean, we don't wait in line. So anywhere, <laughs> I just like, can't. 
if I ever saw women waiting in line that were gorgeous, I'd be like, oh, fuck it. I'm not trying to get in there. Like there are already beautiful women waiting and I can't get in. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to the next bar. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, yeah. I totally forgot that you about the law school thing, like that completely dropped out of my brain. Yeah. Wow. I, okay. I, went to, um, I moved to Michigan. Yeah, that's right. And for six months. Um, and it was the worst six months of my life. Yeah, you hated it. Vegas was like dark and gloomy. And they're like, oh, Indian summer. There's gonna be like two days of sunshine. And I was like, I'm used to like frying in the sun. Every <laughs> day. Yeah. Doom and gloom. Um, so it was depressing. I remember going home for Thanksgiving break and my mom looked at me and she was like, between the reading, you read so much. My eyes were going bad from reading that much. Um, the stress level, like I was like emaciated and and she just looked at me and she was like, this isn't healthy for you anymore. So I remember her saying to me, like, even if you ace every class, like, I don't care. She's like, I don't think this is the right fit. We had like a real hard to heart conversation. And yeah, then I realized like, I didn't want to be there. Um, mm -hmm. I knew that my long-term goal was always, I love entertainment contract law. That's what I was always going for. I love yeah. and sports. Um, and I just love the industry. So it's really funny that I was able to basically come back, get my master's, and now I'm working in a career without a law degree. So thank you, you saved all that money. And, and I'm doing yeah. celebrity contracts and stuff every day. So oh, Worked out just for the best. Yeah, but I, I think like my whole plan from high school was like, I'm going to law school. Yeah, I remember you had, now that I think about it, you were like, yeah, law school, law school, LSAT, all that stuff. There, and she was a couple years ahead and then she kept yeah. telling me to do it. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't do it. Like I've already gone through this. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you have your, your heart so set on it and then your plans just all the way change. So yeah. 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 Got my masters and now I'm happy with it. So yeah. And also you went from like dating, you know, well, I can only remember one particular person, but dating that one guy, maybe a couple of guys with the one guy. And then you found Ryan and he was so great. And then like all of a sudden you had a kid and I was like, my friend has a child. And I was like, what is happening? The best thing ever is when um, I posted, like I was expecting a baby. I changed my life update on Facebook. And yeah. You were the first one to comment and like, Wow, yeah. not, I guess we're not at like the fight out house anymore. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I know. It's like real. I mean, for me being, but I think I was like the cool pregnant one. Right? You were, like, you were. I worked out the whole time. Like I went yeah. to New Orleans on a work trip and I'm like, I've never been to New Orleans. Like <laughs> Bourbon Street. They're like, let's have fun. Pregnant. I was like, I'm buying you a grenade and I'm yeah. going to get me a beignet. But like, I, I was everybody's DD. Like I yeah. wanted to go out and that's just my energy. Like I couldn't be bottled up. Yeah. Well, you've oh. never had, you've never have been that way. Um, uh, but you were, and you were, you were a cool ass bride too. Like you were very like fun and like, you weren't bridezilla. You, you were just relaxed and chill and it was I mean, super fun. Yeah. Like, our wedding was black tie and flip flops. Mainly hey, has been short. Like, they were very nice flip flops. They're beautiful. I so I pulled them out for my 10 year vow renewal. I wore them. Yeah. Again. Yeah. There was something blue, but I was like, people got to be comfortable. Like, yeah. Ribbon, you know, yeah, your yeah. mom's all night and partying <laughs> it up with Italian ISIS truck outside. Like let's that was you. fun. That was so fun. Oh my gosh. It seems like such a long time ago. And it, it was, I guess, but it seems like another lifetime. Does that make sense? Like another well, I mean, the other day I was thinking about your wedding. Yeah. All of that went down. And I was oh, like, Oh Lord. Yeah. Wow. I don't even think about when people say, Oh, your ex, I don't even think about my ex-husband because it's been I we've been divorced for eleven years. Which is it, so crazy because you know one of the times when we were living together I'll never forget the day I came home and he was like we built a house and we're moving out and I was like what and he was like oh we already closed on it built it we we're, we're moving out in a month and I was like you're giving me a month's notice like I have no real at this point we're 20 somethings I have no real stable job and I remember hating him and just being like how could you dick me over after I gave you a place to live in this apartment that was supposed to be us um and so I resented him from that day. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Um, yeah, I know. I know. And the, but this is the thing about him. He, it was a, about him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't, like, I didn't even have a say in that. Like, it was just yeah, like, like yeah, he's like, this is what we're doing. I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't, I didn't know I what know. I was doing. So no, you, 
you were caught up in it. And then that's the thing. Like, I'm like, what a waste of a wedding. Cause your wedding was beautiful. It was everything about it was beautiful. And I wish yeah. we could just, like cut him out and then <laughs> in there. No, we- everything happens for a reason. You know, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it does. And I got to see your whole family. Then, so like, yes. that happy, but when I told my mom, I was getting a divorce, she was like, well, at least you had a really great party. I was like, we really did have a great party. I mean, yes. There we I remember sitting there with your family and members of his family on your wedding day. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but we were all going, this shouldn't happen. What? What shouldn't happen? The wedding? Wait, my family members? His your we were all getting ready and everybody was like, there's some oh. had this weird feeling. And I can tell you now 11 like years later, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, now you're telling me this? Oh my god. I mean, I'm tell you the day of your wedding, like. I'm the supportive friend, but I'll never forget. Damn. And camera, I'll tell you who I was talking to. Okay. Um, but I'll never, and all of us were sitting there because we just love you. And yeah. we always love, you know, you're such an amazing person. You're such, like, you're so dynamic. And I don't ever want anybody to dull you. And I tell you that all the time too, like when we're working together, like you being you and being your authentic self, I've always known the authentic self. Like, yes, we've, that's how we've been. Yes. But yeah, like all of us really just had this like, uh, I don't know. Oh my god, weird. Now, it's good. It's fine. We moved on. That's a whole other world to go. Well, you know, I honestly have a good relationship with his mom. Um, like I, I, love, I yeah, comments on your post, and I'm like, I love it. Yeah, she's great. I love her to death. They unfortunately don't talk. I guess like his new wife isn't her fave. Um, but she but she's so sweet to me, so supportive of my stuff. She's like, I wish you were still my daughter-in-law. Like, so I like yeah. honestly, I have no hard feelings like at all. I wish him the best. If he were ever to listen to this, I would say thank you, you know, for, for the years that you did give me. And I learned a lot and that's what I would yeah, say. You grew up. I mean, I think you yeah. grew up real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a whole other side of you. Like you just, once you moved back to Texas, I think you just absolutely matured and you kind of came into your own. Mm-hmm. And I think they get to Jade's people and yeah. you're there, you're caught up in, in the life and the everything that you're not supposed to be let's be yeah. honest and, well and, and he was like my protector right like I got in and he was four years older than me he was like no one else is gonna love you Stephanie and like at the time I believed it I was like yeah he's right like no one else is gonna love me like he's the first person I found and he's solid so like let me just grab him yeah you know what I mean yeah so but then your prince charming's gonna come yeah well he's he's like in a glue factory somewhere around we don't know where he's at maybe he's listening right now yeah right yeah yeah right Mm -hmm. hey jesus are you up there okay thanks never know i mean like my husband is my polar opposite like i know i have married i mean i married a guy from maine who grew up in like like complete opposite lifestyle of me and we randomly meet in vegas and it was just like but I say I always did it right. Like at the time he's a chef. So he cooked clean and did my laundry. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. One, Cause I live like a frat boy, which you can probably attest to. Um, That's okay. It's That's okay. okay. It's me. But like we're my crazy. He balances my crazy. Yeah. And I yeah. I, I always, you know, people say like opposites track people say date, date, you know, a person with more in common with you. That's always better. I think it just varies for everybody. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I like that he's not like me, right? Like, yeah. there's, like, I'm constantly learning from him, but I feel like if I if I was with somebody like me, a who knows? I mean, like God, y'all would be fighting. Y'all would be fighting. Not only fighting, but like I think I would almost get bored because it's like okay, we know all the same things. Like I like that he's different. I like that we like don't like the same football team. Like we can yeah. have fun with football season. Um, although on our first date, he still like holds it over me. He's like I've never dated a girl who asked me who my football team was on the first date. And I was like, well, you're from Maine and you're a Patriots fan. Like this isn't going to happen. And he was like, I thought you were joking. And his nephew's name is, our nephew's name is Brady. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. And he's like, but I'm a Bears fan. And I was like, well, thank God you said that you were a Bears fan because if you were a Patriots fan, it would have ended. Marry a Patriots fan. And now I live in Massachusetts, 15 minutes away from Foxborough stadium. And I work with the Patriots That's so funny. So my kids like to rub it in my face. Like, I'm a Patriots fan. Oh, your kids. They already know you're hot button. Thousand percent. 
That's funny. It's it's so funny because like I used to ask questions like that on a first date, and now my questions are like, "Do you have um, narcissistic personality disorder? Um, are you into uh, your mom a lot? Um, do you clean up after yourself? Um, do you know uh, the difference between your and your? You are like, do you know the difference? Like those are the questions I'm asking now. What's your love language? Like all this shit that I like never thought I'd be fucking asking, but I guess when you get to be in your mid thirties and later, like that's what you have to ask because at that point in time, you're so established. Like there's really no adaptation after that. You know, it's like there's growing together. You've yeah. grown, you know who you are, you know what you want. It's a lot different when you're finding yourself and going, yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, hey, which football team you root for? Like, that'd be so easy, you know, these days. But, like we're building a house together. Yeah. Dating. And I was like, this is crazy. But it's yes. 10 years later. Yes. Watch it 12 years, 10 years married. And it's like, okay. We're yeah. Still- 10 years. Oh my gosh. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, so last year, last year you got with a new company called Talent Resources. And um, what is your title for Talent Resources? Vice President of Strategy and Communication. Vice President of Strategy and Communication. Okay. That sounds so fancy. fancy. So tell me what that means. So I'll tell you, so I was a client of talent resources for five years. So when I was on the agency side working at Duncan, I would work with the brand managers and and come up with a product launch and I'd have to come up with a crazy launch idea and and celebrities and influencers. So I would go to the team at TR and say, Hey, I want to work with this person, this person, this person. And they'd come back and fight me and be like, no, this is who you're going to work with. And here's their metrics. And this is why sometimes we agree. Sometimes I'd push back. Like, I mean, I pushed them to do a deal with Jojo Siwa because I wanted it done. Um, and it turned out freaking epic, but we battled and I pushed them and they pushed me and about, I was getting to my almost five years at my company and I thought I was going in really, you know, to have a meeting and we always would get together every time I was in New York and like, let's have drinks, let's have shots of tequila, let's figure it out. So get absolutely schnockered with them we'll go in the next morning to meet the CEO, which I'm absolutely hungover and dying. And my friend Matt is laughing, who's our EVP and knows this. And I basically sold myself on a job and was like, you need to transform your company. You need to grow and you need to do better. You need to bring in bigger clients, bigger this, bigger that. Um, and on there, our CEO basically said like, you were the biggest risk I've ever taken. Wow. And yeah. And he was so thrilled. I was the first, here's the kicker. I was the first out of New York employee that they ever hired. Wow. With the plans of we were going to open a Boston office. So this was January Okay. So I started January 13th. Then I go with them to Super Bowl in Miami. So that's like February 2nd, 3rd, 4th, around there. Right. We move into the big office March 1st, like end of February, March 1st. Yeah, that's right when it hit. Yeah. Um, And from there, I basically watched all these other big agencies that I, I had worked for other, and I watched the clients just seeping away and people getting, you know, salaries cut and things, just everything going away. Oh no. And I went to Mike and Matt and I was like, listen, I know that if we open a PR arm, because my whole title of communications was really to almost help develop PR strategies, like assisted existing campaigns, but help us grow ourselves. Okay. Listen, there's such a need out there for brands and stuff because they don't know where their budgets are going to go. They can maybe commit to a quarter but they can't commit to a 12 month agency totally. right now. So totally. I said, let's, let's work on project basis and let's try and sign some PR clients. And if it grows, I'll build my team. So fast forward now, um, I have 13 retainer PR clients, a PR team of seven. So I've done this in a year. Um, I've already doubled last year's PR revenue, which was, you know, multiple six figures I got on my year one. Um, I have a team in Chicago, Arizona, LA, New York. I have people here with me. I just actually signed a lease on our office. So we just moved into our office on Monday. Congratulations. Um, which it's weird to like, oh my God, we have our space. Like things are finally yeah. happening, but our plan worked and clients are comfortable with us because I'm not saying, Hey, give me a year up front and saying, no, commit to me for 90 days. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And then take it from there. And whether we walk away or not, like, at least my team's going to give you everything you've got for this project. Like give us one project to work on. Right. Um, And yeah, the retainer business has just absolutely gone insane. And now we have some absolutely killer, amazing brands that I'm obsessed with. And 
fun when I get to actually go after clients and seek new business. And our newest client that we just signed, I've been using the product for years. Um, and I, the girl posted in a Facebook group and I was like, I have to talk to you only because I literally stock your product. Like not only do I stock your product, my friends bought me for my birthday, a stock in your product because a so stock a, oh wow like an endless supply is what i mean like a oh it's okay 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 i was not like stock, stocks stock. Like stockpile so it's um yeah. jordan skinny mixes they're okay. like sugar free no calories i know what you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. so i have to have pumpkin year round but i love duncan and i love starks but every even working at duncan i was like you need to have sugar-free pumpkin yeah no one ever give me sugar-free pumpkin so i would get my coffee and pour this in so for my birthday, my friend got me like, I swear I got six or seven of these mini three <laughs> I'm just finishing up now. And, and Jordan said, got, just sent me a care package. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, I have to talk to you because I'm obsessed with your brand. And now we sign them on for a full-blown client. So um, how do you stay in front of trends? Like for example, Jojo Siwa, right? Like, you know, she was on, what is that? Dance Moms or whatever. That, what is that show? Dance Moms? Yeah, Dance Moms. She was on Dance Moms and like, I didn't even, I mean, I didn't know who she was. Like I had no idea who she was until she like blew up on TikTok last year, really. Like I knew who, like I knew she existed, right? But I didn't know. Little girl. Right. And so like, how do you stay in front of a trend like that where you're like, yeah, we need to get JoJo Siwa for Duncan campaign. Like what, how did you know to do that? Like, how do you stay on top of it? My product was a, um, they called it the cosmic culotta. So it was layered. It was different colors. It looked like a rainbow. And I was like, there's only one person right now who can get rainbow because culotta is the only product you can really market and steer towards kids. And I was like, who is bright, colorful towards kids? It's Jojo. Um, right. I constantly am asking every single person in my life, even down to my like, you know, seven-year-old ne- like niece who Jojo bows everywhere. I'm buying her tons. Oh, makes um, sense. But like we were in Maine two weeks ago, three weeks, I can't remember at this point. Um, and my nephew, I was like, hey, listen, we're going to start working. We just did deal with Neiman Marcus on our sports side. And we were dressing a lot of the NBA draft guys um, for draft night. And I was like, hey, listen, like these are the four names that we're going with. I'm going to have to pitch their stories out. What do you think? And he's like, do you realize who you're talking to, talking about? Like he was freaking out and I was like yeah we had the number one draft that we had number one number nine number 18 and then one of the other guys went like 40 it's like holy crap we didn't anticipate them all going we knew number one was going to go number one yeah Um, so I constantly question look watch everything um my husband probably hates the amount of tv and netflix and blue we have subscriptions to everything yes I'm on social media all day long but I just I think I'm an observer so I've always been a people watcher but now I, I think it's more in depth. Like I'm watching the trends. I also see, you know, um, I was lucky enough to hang out with Frankie Grande a couple of weeks ago in Disney World. And I come home looking at my pictures and my eight-year-old's like, oh my God, you were with Frankie? Like, <laughs> from YouTube. And I was like, how do you, like my little eight-year-old baseball obsessed little boy, how do you know Frankie Grande? Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's being just constantly watching, constantly seeing who's who's working or collabing with who what's mm-hmm. going on who's showing up at parties um and just knowing like I feel like I trust my gut a lot more like yeah I gut instinct that it hasn't scared me wrong but you know back when cheer first came out that was my second week on the job and I went to my boss and I was like you need to get me the context for everybody at cheer because I'm going to Duncan that and we're selling blew up and we did we did we did a deal with Gabby Butler that week oh wow great yeah so it's like I just, I love, I'm so ingrained in pop culture. I'm obsessed. So how do you, so say someone's starting out building their brand and they want to, you know, take the path of least resistance. Obviously it's going to take work, but what advice would you give to someone who wants to start building their brand and their profile on social media? So I think organically incorporate the products you already know, use, and love. Because the way you're going to get money and get paid deals and paid campaigns and endorsements are with these brands taking notice. Mm-hmm. So I think a great organic example is Charlie D'Amelio with Duncan. She was just carrying that coffee. Now, Charlie, the, the thing about her is like she was really 15, 16, and Duncan doesn't market to kids. So she was too young for that. But then you see her following and the TikTok and yeah. everything blow up. And it was like, how do we not capitalize on this? Our, our 15, 16 year olds are drinking coffee. And Charlie's audience, you know, I look at the data, her back end is skewing a little bit older because people are obsessed. Right. So this makes sense. 
So I think it's, it's the organic fit because your audience is also going to know if it feels like it fits on your feed or if you're really trying to like force it and make it work and you're like, eh. yeah, yeah. Like floating in the background. That's my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. let me line up my whole beauty bar. I'm like, no, that's everything you got for free in your Ipsy box. Like stop trying to work with your <laughs> I'm dead. That's funny. <laughs> true. That bit yeah. fun. Um, but I think it's it's just knowing what you love, right? Yeah. And I think staying true to yourself and being who you are and not swaying because your audience also knows, you know, which you post a lot of times too, where you're like, this is how I feel about this, this is how I'm gonna be, this is, and your engagement goes. People really yeah. this is true and authentic. And then you post something else and you're like, hmm, I'm being a little playful. And they're like, that's not you. Yeah. True. So let's, let's talk about it. Let's say like, how do you balance life as a mom of two boys and trying to focus and do a million things? Um, it's really fucking hard. Yeah. And I'm also PTA president. Oh. Let's not add something else on. Oh, um, because you know what? My mom, I think you, you follow by example, right? Your parents are, are such phenomenal. Like I would love when your parents came to Vegas and it's like, we get to hang out. <laughs> That's like, like family. Yeah. And I think my mom always instilled that work ethic, right? Like if you want something bad enough, you're going to go ahead and you're going to do it. And you're always going to find the time. And, you know, from the time I was 16, it was basically single mom. My dad wasn't really in the picture and she was never not there. No. Whenever I needed anything, you know, she would work, she'd be tutoring at night to make extra money, but she was there for us. And I think the most important thing for me was when I went to talent resources was really figuring out, I need to be in a company that respects my family. And respects my personal time. My old agency, I worked in too many agencies where you sit at your desk and be like, okay, did my boss leave yet? Because I can't leave till my boss leaves. And it was like the pit in your stomach where I'd feel guilty leaving to go pick up my kid because I'm like, daycare is going to close and I get charged a dollar a minute for every minute I'm late. <sighs> so it's like racing, like white knuckle driving, trying to get oh, there on time. That's so stressful. Uh, it was awful. And then I come home and then I'd be slave to my computer all night. And it took the fun out of life, right? Like yeah. it, it sucked everything out of me. So I would say until I got into this, the one good thing my last agency had was I, with Spencer, I was able to take three months maternity leave paid. My first agency barely gave me any maternity leave as a first time mom. It really fucked with me. It fucked with my head and my life. And that's one of the reasons we moved to Boston. And I was like, I, this is toxic. I need to leave this place. Um, and then it took me a while to find the right fit. And for, I would say for the first three and a half years of my career, almost four, I was really, really happy with where I was. I loved working with my boss. But then when other people started and seeing why is this account growing? Why is it doing? All eyes became on us. They got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, every day on my calendar right now at 320, it says I have to go pick up Spencer. You can't schedule a meeting with me. So I make time for my kids. I stop what I'm doing. I put the time and I'm like, I'm going to pick my kid up from daycare every single day. Because mom has to be there. Yeah. Um, it's I want to always show that I'm there for my kids and I want to support them in anything they do. So I'm not going to yeah. miss a baseball game. I'm not going to miss anything. Um, and figuring out, like, if I need to get up early to, you know, either get my workout in or get all my work done so I can take breaks in my day to be there for my kids, I'm going to do it because I don't want to miss out in their life. It goes so fast. And working for a company that truly respects my time, respects my family, respects my life, um, but also values what I bring to the table has completely shifted and changed my perspective. Like I've never been happier in my career than I am now, but I've never had as much flexibility, but I've also honestly, like the deals that I'm able to close and the past, like, I'm so excited about the work I get to do now. That's awesome. So what, what would you recommend to you again, like advice, you know, yeah. going, obviously we see Instagram kind of dying out a little bit right now. Right. Um, it's still yeah. there, but it's not, I mean, it's just not what it was. What no. do you recommend that, you know, creators and brands, like, what do you recommend? Like what platforms do you recommend that they're on and active on? Yeah. So I think, so number one, if you want to have a professional reputation or is get a LinkedIn page and get it done and put your profile on there. So to me, um, when I'm pitching anybody for press, the first thing I get asked is what's their LinkedIn address? So mm-hmm. media are looking at it, which you never, people never really looked at LinkedIn before. No. People are using LinkedIn for blogs. People are using LinkedIn for, for networking. But we saw this entire shift during the pandemic with everybody looking for work and supporting each other. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn is a 
phenomenal tool that a lot of people just don't even think about. Right. Um, I think people love the interaction of Facebook still and the comments and the, the, like your engagement for certain people um, is so much higher there. I think Instagram is too tricky with the algorithms constantly changing where I would say, if you want to grow and you want to blow up really quickly, go on TikTok and post content every single day. Like you and I talked about this. Like if you're not going to be committed to TikTok, don't do it because the only way you're going to end up on that discovery page is if you're constantly posting. Yep. And even if it's a stupid post every day, they need the algorithm. It's just how many times you post doesn't mean how good or bad it is. So true. So I I mean, that's where I would put on because I feel like, you know, TikTok is the wave don't get shadow banned. So don't do anything offensive. Although who knows what's but what is offensive. You violate a guideline by saying men sometimes literally yeah, like a guideline for wearing a shirt sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, you're not using this music, but it's approved on Instagram, but it's not approved on TikTok. Well, who's Ugh. buying TikTok and who's going to buy it? I mean, there's so much change. And I think it's making sure that if you are on multiple platforms, diversifying your content, because mm-hmm. I would see that's the one thing that we see a lot. Somebody's like, well, I'm going to do this one post and I'm going to post on every single platform. And I'm like, yeah, but your audience on Facebook is a different demo. You skew older on Facebook. You skew younger on Instagram. Your Twitter following is all men, but you're this following is all women. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't resonate. So you want right. to post content that resonates with the actual audience you have. Right. So what about, what about the, you know, the, the old adage of like, you need to be consistent with your content you're saying on a certain platform, not across the platforms. Yeah. I think it's it's figure out where your best audience is in your reach. You know, like Lee, who we talk about, Lee has a crazy Twitter following, which to me is so funny for who she is that she has the same Twitter following, but yeah, Yeah. she's like, I want to blow up my Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think it's know what platform works for you and where you're really supported. And that's how you maximize and monetize it. But I think it's also pay attention to your backend. So like Instagram analytics are going to be your best friend, right? You know, especially when you get a deal, the most important thing for you is when's it going to, when am I going to post to get it to perform the best? Those analytics are going to tell you everything. And weirdly like Sundays at seven 50, when everybody's like scrolling their phones at night seems to be like the number one time for everyone. Huh. Cracks me up. Um, I was with an NFL player the other day and he was like, yeah, they wanted me to post on Friday. He's like, no, I get way more engagement on Sunday at Sunday evenings. And I was like, of course, everyone's on their phone. Think about it. Sunday night, the weekend's over. Like you're just flipping through. I get, I get good luck too. Like at 7 or 8 PM as well. Like during the week, like Tuesdays or Wednesdays, that's like a great time. Random. Yeah. It's so random. And I think the only time it screws anybody up is if um, you're working with a brand that has like contest rules and like you have to post by this time to go live and you're like, yeah, nobody's going to see it. Yeah. So might as well change your roles. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's how gonna how know. will they know? <laughs> so one more question for you. Um, this is something I ask all of my podcast Ooh. guests. So say you're walking down the street and you see 20 year old Bonnie walking towards you and you go up to hug her and you give her a big squeeze and then you let go of her. And what is the one thing that you tell her? Don't go to law school. (laughs) (laughs) Save your money. I will be paying off that one semester of law school for like the next 30 years until my kids go to college. Um, Jeez. Because you know what? Like, I, I think going to law school was one thing in my life where if I could lay everything out, yeah, I could cut that out and not miss a beat. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see that for you too. Like, we yeah. would have probably lived together sooner, I guess. Regardless. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bonnie, thank you for being on the luxury dropout. I love you. And I love you. yes. And thank you for always being there for me to guide me and, you know, put me in the right direction and plugging your ears when I tell you something that, you know, I'm going to do, but I should, you know, I shouldn't do, but I'm doing anyways. <laughs> vicariously through you and I love it because I was like now I get to see the reckless stuff who's really authentic finally coming out and I'm so excited well people respond to the vulnerability they respond to the real stuff you know that's what I've had to learn in the past year is I have to stop pulling my punch and just going all in Think about, and I'll leave it. I know we're running over but I think the one thing I've noticed too with quarantine the best part that it's happened is that influencers and everybody knows you don't need 
a cameraman, makeup, and hair to get your content. And the fact was, when we would be working with all these people, I'm like, wait a minute, I have to have a budget for hair. No, you don't. Figure out yourself, watch a YouTube video, learn how to do it, which, you know, you can watch SJ Glam videos on YouTube because they're fantastic They're really, really old, but yes, you can. (laughs) But they're still classic tutorials. That's awesome. Um, Being natural, people, it resonates so much better because we're all going through this very crazy, weird life together. And we want to see how people are in their natural habitat and not this fake life. Yeah. And a good photo shoot is good every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no. I I did that. (laughs) It's totally fun. But for your everyday content and, like, just being you, that's that's who I want to engage with. Like, I want to engage with other bad moms who (laughs) know how I feel every night. Like, (laughs) end of the day, I put my kids outside and I'm hitting a vape pen outside. Like, that's taking shots of tequila. Like, that's what I want. So, basically, things really haven't changed. Unfortunately, No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean you can ask my mom friends there nope 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 definitely I think I think you were the first person I tried weed with actually I'm oh, pretty what? sure yeah we were on our balcony and I tried it yeah pretty sure probably. yeah yeah probably. I mean hey there's a dispensary in my town here yeah sure. yeah I mean here in Texas is not a thing there. but <laughs> it's definitely a thing but there is like you know Patron everywhere yes absolutely the there's a lot of that here. Well, go go be with your babies. I love you. And tell I Ryan I so said much. hi. Yes. Thank you for being on. Of course. I'm so excited. You thank you. Hey, I'll talk to you soon. I'm gonna go pack for vacation. Okay, have fun. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, that's it for another episode of the Luxury Dropout Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my time with Bonnie. She definitely spilled some hot tea about me, huh? I did not know that she felt that way um, before my wedding, but apparently she did. So you never know. But things always play out for a reason, just like, you know, just like the reason that I met her and that she's still in my life and, you know, helping me and guiding me in my own career. She's helped me a lot. So, um, you can follow her. All her information is going to be linked. She can definitely help you out if you're looking, um, to, you know, branch out, definitely go ahead and give her a follow. If you are a mom juggling a career, uh, she would love to speak with you. She's always one to help out other people. And she's just really, really funny. She's great. We always crack up and have a great laugh. And I hope that you laughed along with us today. So if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button, like comment on this video and turn on notifications. If you are listening to us from a streaming platform, give us a five-star review. And if you're just here to listen, I'm so great with that. I love having you here with me. So until next time, I'm sending you love, stay well, and I will see you soon. That's a wrap for this episode of the Luxury Dropout. Make sure to visit stephaniejoplin.com to find all of Steph's episodes, including full podcast descriptions and photos of her guests. Until next time, besties.